0: We want to say good morning to those who are joining us on Facebook, and welcome to Astounding Love of Gold Fellowship, Biblical Solutions for Life. That's what it is. It is Sunday morning, the last Sunday in the month of August. It is that what the date? 29th of August. Yes, it is. In 2021, and I am Pastor Dean lead of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. I also represent our apostle, Dr. Baker who I am happy with, and will be back next Sunday. Glory to God. You
1: guys
0: should cheer for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And as we are holding an interesting uh, service today. We're going to invite you to join us in the communion that we take. We already have our elements here. Because we had an experience at styrofoam last week and we never wanted to keep that. <laughs> never mind. Anyway, so those of you that are a part of our house, you can definitely go ahead and get your elements and do something. You're signaling me. I don't know what you're um, So, Okay. We praise you, Father, and we thank you. There's a, a number of things that we've, we've got going on. And one of the things that has been transpiring has been massive. Uh, let me pray first, and then we'll get into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Father, we praise you today, and we give you thanks. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the power of the Lord Jesus. And we praise you, yes. And we thank you for the remedies and the solutions that you have to some resource. Uh,
1: your word goes forth, your truth goes
0: forth, and we wait to hear from you. expect to hear from you. You occupy yourself. I heard a, a man said, I believe it was say earlier or sometimes last like week, that he found out that God was that many times people were praying and asking God. To come and be your presence because you have it long. It's my church. I'm always there. You're the one. that <laughs> coming into my presence. And so I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for correction. And I thank you for, oh, just opening things up. I'm speaking to you, every symptom of sickness and disease, everything, uh, anything that was, was so here that had fevers and, and temperature rises. And I'm going to say that the fire of God burns out, that inferior fire. And that we speak that the fire of God is released into your lives and into your body to destroy everything that is trying to come against you. We say that the DNA of Christ, which is in his blood, covers you and releases you from every demonic assignment against your health and against your wealth and against your, your, your purpose and your and the, the assignment that God has placed upon your life. We challenge those things with the blood of Jesus, with the name of Jesus, and with the word of God. And we say, as is written, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and in earth and underneath the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God. You will bow. You will bow. in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to talk a bit, I think, about... The blood of Jesus and we're going to and I'm setting my time there here we go. So, okay we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus and, and in that conversation, but we're also going to talk about something out of. Uh, we're going to look at uh, the statement that a man released into the earth and the things that, that that came about. We're going to look at what this word said and not just to read it it's not an observation. But this is something for there to be an occupation of the word of God on the inside. side of Did you say that there's a word that needs to be written? Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you, Father. Okay, they say they can't hear me online, so, okay. We're still going to do what we do, Okay. Okay, um, one of the things that we're going to look at is go, go to Job chapter 3, okay. and we will
2: do
0: that. Um, we're also going to, we're going to look at the a little bit more in the release, and uh, if you sent me something, I don't have it. So. Job chapter 3, verse 25. Okay. Job said in this chapter, of For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. Did everybody see that? For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that was what I was afraid of, is come on to me. Is there anyone in this place that could say that that has seemed to be something that has threatened your life, It has been something that has been a part of your life? Anyone? Anyway. You know, we've had a number of deaths in our congregation, uh, for the size of our congregation. Uh, we, you know, they, people who have been uh, Diagnosed with cancer, people that have been uh, strokes or heart problems or, or whatever it is. Contrary to the belief that demonic spirits want you to believe, all death is not attributed to a invisible to a virus. People were dying before there was ever a virus. People were dying because they were lonely. People were dying because their hearts attacked them. People were dying because of cancer. People were dying because they were murdered. People were dying because they grew old. People were dying because people died. But what has happened in this culture has been fear combined with death. And many people have a fear of death because they don't know God. They don't know Jesus. And so what, what society has done is taken on symptoms of a thing and allowed it to to speak for them and to perpetuate, to to echo in the the ways of fear, to uh, try to give a spirit of fear dominant power in the society in which you live and breathe and move and have your being. It's a constrictor of freedom. It is a constrictor of your ability to walk in the things of God the way that he calls you to. It's a constrictor that tries to invade your faith. Are you Job had fear. Chapter 1, Chapter 2, you read all about how he was afraid for his children if, if they were doing things that they shouldn't be doing. He was afraid of this. He was uh, therefore, of that and he didn't, he didn't give faith off I mean, he kind of tried to buy their lives or buy something. I mean, there, I, I'm not a, a, a staff student in the book of Job and I'm not going to try to go in depth there because the point that, that has been in my spirit about this is that we can only fear the things that happen in this world when we are out of faith, out of alignment, with what God has said. You see, Christianity church going to the chapel, whatever it happens to be, it is not about the routine, the ritual for stuff. And we are doing we've done away in this particular body with even the idea that you are simply fulfilling a, a calendar event by showing up at this building or whatever building it is that you go through on a regular basis. Our faith is not, uh, I should say it this way, church attendance is not a check-off on a wall of things to do in your week. The assembly of the brethren is the building up of the body of Christ. It is not simply everybody showing up like roll calls. We have, we, I want us to think about this word as something more than, because it's not, I think, to think of it as living. To say to you, or to you, or whoever it is, when I tell you that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed, when I tell you that the blood of Jesus is working for you, I don't need you, you don't need me to understand that. What I want you to say is then let it happen. Can you do that? You. Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you simply say, when you get what the word of the Lord is to you, can you simply say, then do it? Instead of the intellectual using a lower intellect, can we let your spirit step up front and take that word that it will use to matriculate throughout the body? Instead of trying to see the the how, and the when, and the where, and the why, of it all. I read in Luke, I think it was Luke 24, because I was in Luke 24, Luke 17. I read the scripture that said, Jesus is talking about his thoughts. And he said that you and I, and this is Luke, let me go here, and then I'll come back to Joe. maybe. 24, he said, why are you troubled? And why do?" you? Thoughts arise in your heart. Now, in in another version in New King James, it would say, "Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart?" This is Luke twenty-four, verse thirty-eight. Why are you troubled? And why the do doubts? Why do fears rise in your heart? Um, going to verse thirty-seven. I'm going backwards. He says that they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit when when he appeared to them. Okay, verse thirty-six. As they said these things, as they were talking, this is right after the men had been on the road and, and, and had, uh, to Emmaus, and Jesus he appeared to them, but they didn't know it was him. until And he's talking, and he had said to them, no, let me open up these scriptures to you. And he began to release revelation about the Christ and who he was and why he did what he did and all of these different things, why he allowed what he did. Suffer is not that he was you know, in a mess, and he's just poor, poor Jesus, just going through it. Poor Jesus, he's just suffering? Oh, I tell you, the suffering of Jesus, oh, it must have been just terrible. Poor, poor Jesus. No, that was never, ever, ever, ever the issue, okay? It was never, ever a question of poor Jesus. It was never a question of he just had such a hard life, and the trials and the tribulations of Jesus, I know that I have something in common with him. Because I, too, am going through all these trials and and tribulations. No, that's not it. Let me find this part. I want to to see something. So what I'm going to say to you, why I'm saying that, because if you're sitting there in your chair and you're thinking that you're like poor for me and I'm just going through the sufferings of life just like Jesus, we're going to look at what some of that is. Because what it said is, he said, Verse 25, this is the road to man. O foolish ones and flow apart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And so they'll look at that word and they'll say that he was afflicted. He was um he was sick. He was in a bad situation, and troubles were coming upon him. But that's not what it meant. It meant that he had Hey, he had a, the word is pathos and it, it's speaking not so much this to him. He went through some experiences. The way I'm trying to tell it to you is that he, the things he allowed to be in order to fulfill righteousness, he wouldn't be going through the law and the prophets and try to tell them all about how God sent him to Christ to go through a hard life and be pathetic and be defeated and finally be overcome by all of his troubles and kills. Now that's a religious way of looking at it, but that's not the story of Jesus. The Bible is telling us the things he suffered, that word, I want you to think of suffer in this sense as what you allow to happen or what you allow to fulfill righteousness. And then you start to understand you don't need to suffer through sicknesses and diseases. You don't need to suffer through anything. That's when the fight starts to rise. Jesus never used his own faith. I will say that again. Jesus never used his own faith. Mark 11, he wouldn't have told them to do something he wasn't doing. And in Mark 11:22, 23, we're familiar with it. He said some uh, renderings are have faith in God. But he said have God's faith. And another way to say it is have faith, have faith in God, having faith in himself. God's faith is what built, created the heavens and the earth. God's faith is what has established everything that happened. God asked Job, where were you? when I was, I'm was?" i going to paraphrase this. Where were you when I was exercising my faith to create the world? Where were you when I was exercising my faith in me to perform what I said? Where were you? i tell you where you were. <laughs> you were in his heart. You were in his plan. But he did not need you if we think. He did not need you to do it. So there, who? We just took the weight of the world off your shoulders right there, right? He didn't need you for that. But he created you for something. You see, the suffering of Christ, we have the communion element here. And we're looking at that. It's like, oh, the thing, I could just cry every time I see the cross because of what he suffered. No, he allowed. Don't you remember he said, don't you know that I could call my father? And I could get these angels to get me off this thing. I am suffering this to be so. I allow this to take place because there's something bigger on the other side of it. So suffering in vain is allowing all this just to happen to you. And when you come out of it, there's no lesson. <laughs> there's no power. There's no increase of ability to move in victory. If you don't have that, then it's you're on know, the wrong side of the sufferer. You're, you're letting things happen to you instead of allowing things to happen. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So there are no victims here. Sometimes there's victim want to be. I want to be a victim. I want to be, I want to be. You know? And I'm sorry if, if, if those that are watching this online are not able to hear this. Um, but we're going to just keep going anyway, all right? And if you have questions that line up with this, uh, you can either come up and ask them or you can send a text, all right? Okay. Um, the thing which I greatly fear has come upon me and that which I was afraid of has come. And then over here where he asked him, he said, "Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things, and then it says, in beginning at Moses, Luke 24, verse 27, and beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he opened up, that word expounded is speaking to how he opened up all the scriptures. Uh, expounded comes from a word, I'm not going to try to pronounce right now, but it means that he explained, he interpreted interpreted it, and he translated he gave them open understanding, like we would ask, well, what does this mean? And what about this? And what about this? And he gave them all of that. So they, as they're listening and they're walking with him, and they're hearing the things that he has to say, and they're learning the things that he is teaching them, the spirit, what do you think he was releasing? And the answer to that is spirit. He was not releasing words of information into their head into their ears he was introducing he was releasing spirit to their spirits to call them to call to begin to call them they're not yet born again nobody is born again nobody is born from above at this point Jesus is re- is resurrected he's risen but nobody none of these men, none of these people are born again they're not born from above all they really deal with is intellect all they really deal with is um mind, will, emotions, the things they can see. They deal with law. They deal with prophets. They don't have what we have. They don't have, they don't even have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John yet, not in the, in the written form. They don't have the book of Acts. They don't have what we have all the way to the Revelation. They have none of that. What they have is the law and the prophets, and through that, he basically released everything I think, what I think. That he released spirit into the earth, and these words that he released were later written down to give us understanding of why the Christ went through, did what he did, allowed what he did, had victory in the things that he had victory of, and all of that other stuff. Because he released spirit into the atmosphere, and those words cannot return to the Father complete. So they had to have understanding. They had to be written down. They had. He released the word. He released what we walk in. He released the understanding of the covenant. He opened this thing up to them. And these men, they, hear, they heard what nobody had ever heard. And then they went back. And what did they do? They told them everything. So Peter, John, they're hearing the word. They're hearing what Jesus had to say. And already the word is starting to be spread. The spirit of the word is being spread released into the atmosphere at that time. Can you can you catch what I'm saying there? That's what happens and it starts to repeat. And the momentum of it, what is it doing? It's changing the atmosphere. And it's preparing them for something even bigger to come. They're being prepared for the advent, for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. They're being prepared even though they have yet to hear about it. Am I making sense? Okay. Okay. So when they went to the village, and so forth and so on, and they said, we want you to talk. And it came to pass, as he sat at table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Now how is that for communion? He comes. He sits at table. And he breaks bread. And he says to them, because remember, his body's not broken. And when he did it, they knew him. When he broke bread with them, when the communion, when the bread was broken, they knew him. This is a way that we know him. This is a way that we know him. When we sit at table with him, when we break bread with him, when we have this conversation with him, when we commune with him, when we rejoice with him, we know him. So I want you to think about that as we're doing what we do today. When we take this, we sit at table with him. It's not me standing up here. It's not just us repeating words um, and even giving revelation. And we all know i love 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when it comes to this. But that's not what it's all about. What it is, is that this is a meal that he invited us to to say, well, I'm going to give of myself to you. And I want you to come and sit at table with me. So that I could relate to you. This is going to be the same thing that we read about with His blood. But I, I, I'm I'm following what the Spirit is saying and getting that revelation, that understanding. We said you know, when we take this communion it is with Him. It's not just about Him. We have religiousized it sometimes without knowing it. This represents my body. This represents my blood. Take this in remembrance of me and do this and do this and do this. Well, remembrance of me to me means um, that because I, I have things in remembrance, I might sit down at the table with you and we'll remember things. And I have you in remembrance, so I'm recalling my encounters with you. I'm recalling stories and things that we have in common. I'm recalling joyous moments or so whatever it happens to be in remembrance of you not in remembrance of you as if you were dead, but in remembrance with you because you are alive. If you take this as Jesus died, you are forgetting that it's also he is resurrected in remembrance so I can take this meal with you, Jesus. Not make it about you, like, let's get together and talk about him because he's not here and he'll never hear it. He can come right into the conversation with us. Haven't you ever had a meal or a conversation with somebody and you got Holy Spirit interrupted? Nobody? Yes? I mean, I'm actually talking to you, so you can kind of talk to me. Dialogue. Ever have one of those where you're chatting and then all of a sudden he comes in and it's Holy Spirit interrupted, but how many of you ever turned back to the Holy Spirit and said, You know, I was so rude? Here we were trying to have this great conversation, and you just butt in. Anybody? Have you, somebody who's actually told him that? Or no? Okay. What did you do? I can't hear you. You listened to him. What else? But didn't something happen when he showed up? If nothing happened, he didn't come. If nothing happened, he never. you didn't have that experience. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, everything changes. When the Holy Spirit shows up, everybody's senses are heightened. It gets hot. When the Holy Spirit shows up, miracles happen. When the Holy Spirit shows up, minds are brought into order. Demons are running out screaming like sissies. All kinds of stuff like that. Because he showed up, and he is the ultimate warrior. Make sense? When you take communion, the Holy Spirit shows up. He bears witness and testimony of everything that has transpired. When we talk about the blood of Jesus, see, these are the things that happen. Too much of us. I could ask you guys about certain demon spirits. I could ask you about um, curses. I could ask you about all kinds of vile things, demonically inspired things, and many, many people would be able to tell me all kinds of stuff because they have majored in the devil instead of majoring in the word. They know about this spirit. They know about this thing. They can tell you it's the, the, the evolution of this or this or all of a this other mess that people can tell you about the demonic. But I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in what. This, that, and the other. I only want the Holy Spirit's strategy to take it down. So I would rather get my information from God than get it from this other stuff. I read about these things. I'm always, you know, there's this seminar, there's this seminar. And everything is about what the devil does. Why? Why do we need to go through seminars about that? How about, do you know how many miracles Jesus performed Do you know the different words that he said in the circumstances? Do you know about the times that people were having a good time with him? Can you see where he was joking with his disciples or cheering with them? Joking is not the word I'm trying to use. But the humor that he used and the tenderness that he had and the fun and the way that he enjoyed being with those people that were co-laboring with him. Because we're not here talk about the works of darkness, we're here to bring forth the power of God. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God has much more authority. The kingdom of God has much more interest. And has the ability to change the things of this world. You can think about how sick you feel and you will feel sicker. Or you can think about the fact that God said that I am healed, and you can start receiving what he said. And it's like, but I don't know how to do that. It's like you do it exactly the same way you're doing what you're doing. You just don't do what you're doing, do the other. So you really do know how. You really do know how. Are you with me? So communion is not about Jesus. It's communing with him. You did this for me. My God, how amazing you are. You actually laid your body down for me. You actually were willing to go to a cross for me. You were willing to take on all the sin and defeat it for me. You defeated sickness. You know, I know the healing is resurrection power is in your blood, but I also know that you were defeating sickness while you walked the earth. The people came to you and they received the covenant healing. You released it and released it and released the blessing, released the blessing, released the blessing, released the blessing of God into it. the fruitfulness, multiply, um, subduing things, doing these things, all the things you did, you did while you walked in this earth. You showed me blood covenant in action. You showed me the power of the kingdom in action. And then you laid your body down for me so that I would be partakers with you. You said, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you don't have part in me. So you gave me yourself. And I'll take you. Thank you. It's an intimate meal for two. That can be done with hundreds of thousands of people at the same time. And yet he knows how to focus only on you when you focus only on him. So I, when I do this, when I take communion, it is a conversation with the Lord. It is not a conversation about the Lord. I'm standing right here and you're talking about me. And you're talking about me and all the things that I've done and how grateful you are to me. But you're not talking to me. You're talking about me. Communion is come talk to me. Come receive from me. Come eat of me. Come drink of me. Come be a part of me. It is a marriage meal. It is a, it's not taking whatever people do, but yet at the same time is I am feeding you my body. You know, they feed each other the cake and stuff like that. Not the smashing of stuff. That's, see, that's the world. That's a, that's a trashing of a covenant. So, no, you don't do that. But this is, I am putting this into sweetness. It's part of me, part of life, the this, this sharing of the sweetness of life, the sharing of, of the things of life, because this is a merit. This is a relationship. I'm marrying you. I'm going to be with you forever. I am not going to start cheating on the LA like, well, thanks for the cake. cake hey, that was cool. I'm out because I got a date <laughs> with somebody else that I've been considering. It doesn't work that way. No, I am partaking of this meal and this wine. And if you understand, or this, whatever, the cup, leave your braces. But um, why? Because I want to be one with you. Because from what I understand, after we do this part, we get to go to honeymoon. We get to go to intimate. We get to go to one-on-one. After I take this meal and commune, the other part of communing with you, hearing you speak in my ear and give me those sweet sounds of your voice talking to me. Like you're standing here with me, you know. And (laughs) that's where the power comes from this exchange all of my weakness for all of your strength this is a power exchange talk about power and if I'm taking it the way I'm supposed to take it sickness can't stay with me it's like oh I didn't (laughs) know I gotta go yes you do you do have to go because he's bringing the heat that burns out everything else He's bringing the fire that, that causes the purifying of your body, gets rid of everything that's impure in you. This is what he brings with him, every place he shows up. It's never, ever, ever a place when Jesus shows up that life does not also show up because he is life. And so all of the abilities and all of the, the thoughts, what are the thoughts of your heart, the doubts that you have in this open book? Because you're not intimate with me. Because you're still acting like some scared little thing. You have not allowed me to come to you. You have not opened yourself to me. You, you, you haven't given yourself to me. So you don't know me. Because that word no is intimate again. It's to kiss. It's to connect. You don't know me. But I want you to know me. And I'm making myself Present for, to know you and to let you know what I am like and how, you know, it's not just I'm for you, blah, blah, blah. No, I came to get the ugly out of you. I came to knock it out so that you would be a pure vessel that my father would say, yes, son, this is your bride. He just did everything he did so we could get the approval of the father to be his bride. Think about it. He wants to marry you forever and ever and ever and ever. He wants to be with us forever and ever and ever. He wants you. He has need. Uh, he craves us. He desires us. But it's not just, oh, anything goes. Will you just be what you want to be? No, no, no. No, I want you to rise to the level of what you were deployed here to do because the bride... She's supposed to be as awesome as as the groom. not less than, because he gives her, her the strength, he gives her the greatness, he gives her his presence, and I mean I heard a message just passed a few days ago, probably yesterday, the day before yesterday, about his manifested presence. I, it's not just the presence of the Lord. But it's the staying power of the presence of the Lord, the one that comes to abide. I did not come to do a one-night stand with you. God wouldn't treat us like that. I don't treat you like trash. We think of him that way sometimes. I just want a one-night stand with you. This is for a lifetime. God did not come for that, a quickie. It's It's a lifetime commitment. I know I'm speaking in these terms because it's, because it's an intimate walk, because everything we do in the earth is a reflection of something happening in the spirit realm. And we, these this things we do physically, it came from a spirit origin. It came because God said, this is as close as you can get to be one. In the other, you all know that that physical thing don't last forever, because there's nobody walking around like that. Two people are not walking around joined together that way. And yet, by spirit, you are. By spirit, you are. What you can only do for a little while in the natural, you can do continually. Be together. Be as one. Not we are one the way the world sees it. Not we are one the way people try to do all this other nonsense. We cut that to shred and throw it out. We are one in him or we are not one. We are either together in him or we are not together. We are not in we are either in agreement in him or we are not in agreement. I will not agree with you on a secular low level basis for anything. I will only agree with God and then with you. What God said is what we agree to, not the way the world says it. So when Job is saying, I feared these things, we have had to face the death of people that we love. In your in your uh, bloodlines and so forth and so on, the death, the imminent death or the possibility of death. And fear wants to just choke you out and cause you to try to give up the breath of God on the inside of you. People that go around saying things like, well, I, you know what they say. It's like it's a lie because the breath of God is all you have to call on. I call for the oxygen of heaven. You see, there are things we can do that we, that we are going to do. We're going to do this. I know you are because you're standing. You're here. We're going to do what he said. That's why, can you see the power of obedience? Because this, this cup here, this is the cup of obedience. Even unto bloodshed, I will pour out. Now, think about this. He poured out his blood, right? What is in it? What's the component? The life of the flesh is where? In the blood. So what poured out into the earth? Life. Life. Obedience releases life. Eternal life. Obedience to God releases the life of God into you and others. That's why this is a cup of obedience. It is love for the Father and the Father's love for you. It is all of these different things that are all combined in this one DNA. This power to obey God is in this cup. The power to love others as Christ has loved you is in this bread. This is your ability, this communion meal that we take with him, Give us the ability, the authority, and the opportunity to release him everywhere we go. Can you see that? Anybody. Everybody. everybody. <laughs> this is obedience. So when you drink it, take in his obedience. We have a thing in our ministry, of course, more than enough ministries within an acronym that everybody doesn't understand. And sometimes, you know, we want to give it and so forth, but what is the point of giving it out if the people are not going to understand it? It's up to us to demonstrate the fullness of what he is saying. So when God is telling us, okay, this is what I want to do, and this is what I want you to do, and when he gave this to Dr. Baker, I don't know what they said, when he gave this to Dr. Baker way back in the... um, Before the millennium. (laughs) My obedience will be rewarded on earth eternally. That's more. My obedience rewarded eternally. That's what the more in more than enough ministry stands for. My obedience rewarded eternally. Then, the hand of God is in brackets, the hand of God, and in my hand would win nations. Okay? That's how this goes. So I'm going to read the whole thing. And then we're going to break that down and see how it's all incorporated. It. And we're challenging fear. I'm not talking about fear, 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 fear. I'm talking about love, 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 love. It's perfect love, cast out fear. And so all of these people, uh, the possibility that, that your your best friend, your your husband or wife or mother or father or sister or brother or cousin or uncle or next door neighbor could die. You're going to get rid of that fear. Why? Because it has no place in you. It leads you to your soul. It leads you to your emotions. You're going to start singing those songs about I don't know if I can live without you. So you can't live without breath and you can't live without blood, but you can live without somebody. And I know that sounds tough and mean. It's not. It's a it's a line that we have to make that says I will still. God did not call me to quit because people I love die. Sound ruthless? Sound mean? It's not. It's a lesson that we've got to learn, or we will all quit and give up and fall down. Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. My obedience, he said, would be rewarded on earth and eternally. The hand of God in my hand would win nations. Now, here's what's interesting: this is what he told her. My obedience is essential the nations over the universe, to be one to him. God's hand is on me and this ministry. We will help spread the gospel, and millions will be set free through the power of God. And what is the vision of this ministry? To see the complete destruction the fear, bondage, pride, prejudice, and the awakening of hunger for righteousness and biblical holiness in the obedient body of Christ. And that's based on having to take Okay? We also have a mission statement which I'll get to. But well, what are we talking about here? We were called to conquer fear. We were called to see the complete destruction of it and of bondage. There is bondage. Pride. Oh, I'm not afraid of anything. I'll okay good. Um, prejudice and the awakening of hunger. All these things that were history. I'm not gonna argue with anybody about anything. Honest and for true, you know. I, I, I really won't. I'm just kind of like, okay. So be it. I mean, now, I personally stand standing here looking at you can see it all over you, but if you don't think it's there, that just shows the delusion that you're walking with. And you're walking into the companion of the thing and you're so familiar with it, you don't even recognize it. Have you ever seen your face on a day when you didn't look like you? And you look in the mirror and go, what the heck? Either because you slept really well and you finally see that you look like rested or you did the opposite or something amazing happened or, uh, you know, or you lost, uh, you know, your weight came to this place or went to that place or whatever it was and you looked in the mirror and you looked at your face and went, is that me? Because it doesn't feel like me. It doesn't look like me or it's not that you, from just that moment, I'm not asking if you've awakened in the middle of the night and seen yourself and you got scared, like, ah, what was that? And it was you. Did you catch yourself in the mirror? But you will have those moments when you may not recognize who you are. And that, that's when you have to find out, well, then who are you? Does that face that I'm looking at fit the identity that I really have or does it fit the identity that I have been living? Because when you want to look in the mirror and see, is the word of God reflecting back to you. Not the face that you forget, but the one of the face of him who you carry if looking back at you. If you've ever, anyone ever see Jesus through your own eyes. When you look in the mirror and you see him looking back at you. Anybody? Say, hey, I have. In fact, that's the first time I ever saw him. I looked in the mirror and I saw the smile that was happening in my eyes. And I kept looking and this love was pouring out of my eyes toward me and I started to cry. I was like, my first thing is, is that you? Because I knew it wasn't me. It's like, is that you? And I'm just staring and I'm staring and I'm staring, and these beautiful, beautiful eyes are looking back at me and they're smiling at me, and then all of a sudden, this love just started to flow out, and I was just undone. I was like, I've seen it, I saw him in me. And that was one of the most powerful things. You talk about how do you know you're saved? I saw him in me. I saw him. I'm looking at him. And it's like that's the first time I saw the kindness. I saw kindness reflecting back at me. I saw love. I saw acceptance. I saw so many things. I'm standing in the mirror. You would have thought I was vain. But I love it. I was just like absolutely captured by the beauty of Jesus. And I'm staring and I'm staring and I'm staring. And then that's when I started learning just a little bit how to hear. You're standing in me and you're looking out at me and what I understood later is like, and I want to continue to look out of your eyes at everyone. I want you to see them the way I do and not the way you are. Wouldn't you like that? This is a personal meal. Are you ready to take this? Because you're sitting here with him, and you're listening to him speak. You take this this today. We're not doing this all together. The, the together is that we all have it. But in the moment in which he touches you, and you'll know. Take the meal. All right. Okay. All right. Do you have any questions before I? No questions? You see, I know these people and the top of post on Facebook. People that are in here talk a lot. But when you ask them these questions, they just off there you and look so at They're all just like, No, I don't think I have any questions. No. But if you felt the atmosphere in here, you'd understand it. For me it feels besides that it feels kinda of like a sauna, um, it also feels it feels like he wants to have this intimate conversation to break us out of these things. I heard the word spoken in this week about transformation. And I've been hearing the Lord kind of talk to me about that, that there's a transforming that happens. When you go through physical changes, when you go through emotional changes, when you go through life changes, there is a... Um, there's transforming. There's changes to take place. Okay? And I want... The inward change to be reflected on the outside. I don't want the outward life to become my inside. So I don't want to be carnal. So I I don't want to take in carnality. I don't want to feed myself with so many things that the world has to give that I am. uh, Don't don't worry about it. I don't. I don't want to fill myself with what this world has to offer. I want to fill myself with all that He is, that God is, and give that to the world because they need what we have more than we need what they are. They need what you have. They need. We. Every single person is needed. Our obedience is essential. Essential. So, you see, that word that has been bandied about and been used to brand, to label, and to value and devalue people, not from God. He says, you're obedient to the center. You wouldn't be in the earth if there were them to for you. So you are far from worthless. You are far from all of the things that are popular to say. And anytime time you compare yourself and say, I, my body's not this, and this isn't this, and I don't think this, you can just be you're trying to raise yourself on a low level when you are caused to you were cause to sit in every places. You can't use the same memory, God. You're going to have to use heaven. You're going to have to use what God said. You're going to have to throw out everything else. I mean, you can't mix the methods. You can't be sometimes with God, but every once in a while more worldly. You can't be. You can't do it because you're not going to be able to sustain it. It's not the life you were called to and so you're not able to do it when, when you've chosen the identity that comes from him. You can't, as I said, trade him out and say, well, I want to go back to this other thing. No, there's no going back because I want the road to eradicate I'm not interested in revisiting. You know, we uh, Crystal and I took a day trip down to Southern California. We left on Friday morning and came back last night. We went to see our, one of our sisters and... Um, yes, because the had just passed away, but also because you realize you're only four and a half hours away. Why are we not going to you? And I learned some things about friendship. You know, a friend loves it all times. And a friend makes time one for another. Because we value that. This is Jesus is my best friend. People say that all the time. It's like how much time do you spend with? Well not much, we're kind of long distance. But we can stop that. We can change it at any time. And he's got, you've got to ruin his schedule eternally. So you can actually change your schedule and say stop everything else. I'm going to spend time with him. And then when I come and spend time with friends, I have something to do. It's not the same old stuff. It's not, it's not the same old way. It's not the comfort of the flesh. It becomes something new because it becomes knowing you by spirit. Spirit. Spirit relationship, not knowing you after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because it's when I know you after the spirit, I can tell you the truth about yourself. And the truth about yourself in the spirit it's not the same truth that the world tells you. I'm not going to tell you about yourself. Well, no, you're going to tell me about your perceptions about me. You're going to tell me about your soul. You're going to tell me about how you feel. You're not going to tell me the truth about myself. You're going to tell me lies. Because you're tell, if you're telling me anything based on your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings, and all of the stuff that the dirt you've carried in your heart about me, it's not going to give me anything good. Because you're not going to speak to me by the spirit of God. You're going to speak to me by the spirit of man and by the things of the world. But when I spend time in the presence of God, and then I come and talk to you, he has told me about how lovely you are. He has told me about how amazing you are. He told me how sweet you are. He told me how strong you are. He told me how valued you are. He told me how precious you are. And then you may say, and when you come to them and they tell you, I want you to speak to those things. I want you to help them to get free from that because you're a friend of love, like a brother. You see the difference. If I spend time with him, I have something to say to you. How do you spend time with him? Definitely the word is word. Definitely. Definitely also praying in his language. Let him pray. He's so like, Holy oh, Spirit, what do you want to say? Because I'm going to give you my tongue. You go ahead and speak. That's how I pray for you. I don't pray for you according to understanding because I have none. I only know what I see. And you can get a phone call, you hear this, you see a text message, I see something y'all posted online. Whatever it happens to be. That's not all of you. All of you is how God sees you. Our job is to say, let's pull that out and let's throw out the things that have hindered you from being what you were called to be. We're not a group that clusters each other in a group hug and just says everybody's fine and God loves everybody and and, and He's just pleased with everything about your life. That's not true because anything that has the mark of the adversary on us is not pleased with it. He said, I'll put myself in you to get that off of you, not for you to walk around carrying it. I want you to get rid of those things. If you have anger, if you have uh, torment, if you have resentment, if you have any form of evil, if you are in rebellion, if you're walking in the ways of witchcraft, if you're walking in the ways of sorcery, if you're carrying the things of the adversary, then you are walking as my enemy, and I want that stuff off of you and out of you because you want the me. You come in my house and you bring your trash, I will get you and your trash out. Is that right? Well, God is better than that. He's merciful. He gets the trash out of you. He keeps you. (laughs) He keeps you, and he gets you in the trash. That's why I'm not God. I still have to grow enough to do a lot, okay? Are you with me here? So, is this changing some things for you? You understand? That's why this meal, this is a friend. A friend that came into your life with spirit power to change you. To make you better than you've been. To teach you how to stand when sickness and disease comes against you. How to fight, even if you have to be hospitalized. You don't have to be sick. What are you talking about? They're in the hospital. their Their body is sick, but their spirit can still fight. It's not a sin to be sick. You don't have to tiptoe around and pretend. More people get caught because they're pretending to be strong in an area where they're very weak. It's so like, look, if you don't have it, don't act like you do. Biggest One of the biggest lies we ever perpetrated to church. Fake it till you make it. No, don't. Can I just tell you that? Don't try to fake it or you will not make it. Why? Because fakery is not of God. If you can find somewhere in the Word where he faked it, then you can do it. But you're not going to find it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So no, that's a worldly expression that got brought into the church. And what did it do? It got mixed in with the message. And it was leavened. That Unholy, unrighteous leaven. Are you seeing? That's the mixture he's talking about. You cannot drink. He says, do you drink from the cup of God and the cup of idols? No. Do you mix the bitter with the sweet? Out of your mouth, I should say, will come both bitter and sweet? No. No. I like sweet. I may be sugar-free, but I like to be sweet. But sweet is not... Um, it's having the love salted Everybody, anybody knows salt helps make things sweet. you know that you can put it on a certain kinds of fruit and it will bring out the sweetness just a little bit of salt will bring out the sweetness from a lot of people your salt has to be strong it cannot lose its flavor cannot lose its flavor cannot lose its effect you're going to have to stay and keep the salt because we are the salt of the earth. So therefore, we're going to have to not lose what we have, and we're going to. Otherwise, we're no good. We just be We can't be like them. We have to be like him because he is the answer for them. If you and I are like them, you still get along with all your old friends, and there's no change. And they're not born from above. There is a problem. You're still trying to. You're trying to placate because. You don't want to lose them. And I'm telling you, if you stay the way they remembered you, you could lose them eternally. It's that important. Do I have any questions? Okay. Done. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this. By the way, uh, you can clean up your time and your offerings and. All of that is open today. Um, we don't, we're not going to do anything so formal uh, today. And so just bring them forward and give thanks to you release. Thank him, thank him, not just, but thank it, thank him, thank him over and over again. We are alive in a time when we're starting to see prophetic words come to pass that almost I felt like sharp pains to our hearts. Apostle Baker has been telling us for years about changes that would take place in this congregation. But now we're in the days when we're seeing it. And I don't know that we I don't know of any of us that would just jump up and down and go, I like it, I like it, I like it, oh yeah. Because we're experiencing pain. But they're actually growth pain, even though it may not feel like it and in many ways it doesn't look like it. But the reality check is how much of God's faith is himself being carried versus how much fake, fakely, a phony kind of faith have you been exhibiting because you don't really believe what you say. You don't believe what you say, then why do you say it? me telling you repeat after me doesn't do you any good. I may give you an example of something, but I don't actually want you to repeat me. I want you to take those words in and then make them more. If I say, I talk to the Holy Spirit and ask Him, what about this? This is true. This is what I do. But I want you to pull from that take that impart. Maybe I impart it to you and I release it to you. I want you to take that, and I want you to pull that and make it something that you think, wow, you can do that? I've had people ask me that, or I've listened to some of the apostles or something, you can do that? Yeah, you can do that. Then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to start, I'm going to go talk to him in my relationship with him, and I'm going to get from him the relationship he wants I'm not going to try to get God's relationship with the fossil Baker because I'm not a fossil and I'm not God, so I'm not going to be able to get that. But I can have the relationship with him that he wants to have with me by asking and by also submitting and saying to him, I want this. You can have this with me. You take the lead. I'm a girl, and I don't want to take the lead. In that particular relationship. In the male and female relationship, the love relationship, I don't want to take the lead. I'll take my place. I'll take my place. But I don't want to go after some guy and say, Do you love me? <laughs> Any woman in here, do you want to be the one to pursue a man to say, yes, that's what I, I, I like, that, and I'm going to run after him, and I'm going to, Do you want that? No, we don't. Why? Because if you know what will haunt you throughout the relationship? I wonder if he would have come after me. <laughs> if I hadn't come after him, would he have come after me? And God set the precedent. He came after me. I don't even have to pursue him. But I do get to spend that time with him. And I get to tell him everything that I really believe and feel. And he doesn't reject me. If it's wrong, he listens and then he breathes. He demonstrates who he is and it gets that ugly out of me. I don't have to hide anything that I am from him. And I didn't have to go after him. He came after me. So he set the terms of three words that he said that set it for me and for everybody else. He actually sent the message through this meal. I want you. How awesome is that? I want you. That's what he said. I want you. God said that. Jesus proved that. I want you. Well, every woman knows that if a person, if a man says that to her, he doesn't get her unless she says yes. Is that right? He said, I want you. God said, I want you. We say yes. yes Lord, yes, yes Lord, you can have me because I want you, and that's what I do. That's it. But maybe you haven't done that in an area of your life, like where fear is concerned, and he's still saying, I want you." And you say, yes, you can have me here. Well, if, I, if he can have me, then I have him. It's an exchange. That's why I never use my faith, because I don't have any. But he does. He has all the faith I need. He has all the faith I need in himself to get through everything. He has all the faith I need. His faith is in himself. He's very confident. His faith is in himself and in his ability to keep his work. That's has a huge transfer for that. His faith is in his ability to bring healing. He knows he can. He has faith in that. And so I, I trust him. His faith, when I'm looking at the possible death of this or the possible loss of this or whatever it is, and I go to him and say, should I, are you going to prepare me for that? Is that what's coming? And he'll say, no, baby, I got this. Or oh, he'll say, yes, that's going to happen because they told me. Something. Is there anything I can do? Is there anything you want me to do, sir? Do you want to speak to me? Is there something that you want me to say? Do you pray? Do, do you want to release your language here? Something that I can do. Many times he says yes, and I yield to him, and he prays to me. Other times he says no, and he puts his arms around me. He didn't say no to them. He's telling me there are decisions and things that have happened in the realm that I don't know anything about. And it has gone past the place of intercession because it's gone to the place of decision. Their decision. I want you. And they may have said no. That's how I've learned through some of these folks that have left. Our apostle is so good. About explaining things to us, you know, and bringing a depth of truth. And when she does it, it's designed when she releases us. It's designed for us to go back to God and say, "Okay, open me up, help me with this." I heard what was said. I don't quite understand it, but I need. I want you to deposit in me through what I've heard you speak. Help me, because she got it. Now I need it too, so that we can walk in so that we can support each other. Is this this helping you at all? I can look at somebody, I I, I can look at you, and look at you not walking in the victory, that I know you have the power to overcome. You've got to have the ability to overcome it, if you're born from above, because he's in us. And we may not have released it, but we have it. We have to have it. We carry this treasure in the earthen vessel. We carry the gorge. We carry his presence. We carry him. But we don't always allow him to manifest, to be seen as the truth that he is. And yet we carry this. We walk with this. We talk. We can talk with it. And again, it's not talking about him. It's talking to him and then letting him talk through us. It's not treating him like he's this person in the room that we're talking about that nobody acknowledges. But it's like, hey, you're here, so you see through me. And then bring bring us to a place of understanding. Bring us to the place of what you want, where you manifest, where things happen, where changes come, where an invasion of the glory of God starts to affect the atmosphere where we are right now, where you can shake off the apathy of being what you did to be who you were sent here to be to care about things instead of just to be apathetic about it, to speak to major on the reports that you hear from the world and rise to the place in the kingdom where you see the stuff happening and you put a stop to it before it gets a chance to manifest. You and I have the ability to move out of time into the timeless realm, get ahead of the things that are on the calendar, and stop it before it happens. You can derail plans of darkness. You can turn things around, but you can't do it by living in the now, meaning everything that happens, you got to pray about it after the fact. After the fact. No. <laughs> That's not what we do. That's not what we do. We don't do the pooper scooper cleanup. We get ahead of things. We look in the realm of the spirit at what he wants us to see. And then we say what he wants us to say. From him being in him, his seat. We're in him in his seat. Not our seat. We're seated in him. He is on his seat. That's when But not as an intro vessel. Not as somebody that still has a hunger for the ways of the world or still feels like you need to prove something to somebody from out there. There's nobody in your past you need to prove your change to. If they're looking with carnal eyes, how are they going to see it anyway? Stop running after that stuff. Stop it! Stop trying to prove the people that appear to disapprove of you that you're really okay. Don't do it. Stop giving people the right to approve of you at all, and to put a stamp on your life. They're not qualified. They're not qualified. If they can't see you from the eyes of God, they are not qualified to do, to judge you by. If you can't see them through the eyes of God, you're not qualified to judge them either. You're simply judging them. And it's going to stop. It has to stop. Not going to. It's going to. It's Comparison. You with me here? Everybody with me here? Last thing I think I'll scare. I'm done. Thank you, Father. Okay, talk to me. Who's being challenged right now? Change something. Okay. You have lots of change. Okay, that's fine. You agree? You change? Okay. So you know that it's not your faith that's going to do it. Not your, you don't have faith for this. Yay. That means that you won't prolong the time. If we're not going to be working with your faith, and I can hear all those questions, what about when he said this? We'll get to that, all right? The main thing he said, remember Mark 11, have God's faith. Now, well, how do I get God's faith? You don't need, you you learn about his character. You spend time with him. You learn why he's so confident. He knows that he can do it. All I need is to know that he knows that he can do it, and I'm going to laugh on the that. back. That's like I'm walking with him, and I've got my hand on his arm, and he's leading the way. I know wherever he goes, doors are going to open. Because he expects the doors to open, and I expect what he expects. Can you see it? Another scripture, Matthew 10, I believe it is, um, where Jesus said, Take my yoke upon me, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You cast off all the cares. Walk with me in the Father. Don't, don't consider yourself with walking by yourself trying to figure this out. Oh, dear God, we've got to pray, we've got to pray, we've got to pray. What do we pray? I don't know what to pray. We don't need to do that. He says, let the Holy Spirit pray. Why? Because you've got confidence in this prayer. You going on not give me, trust you, we 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 trust you. working? I don't know. I don't feel any different. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. I don't trust you at all. I trust you at all. I trust you. Oh, dear God, I'm going to trust you. Right? Yeah, that's your faith. Spread it out. It's not working. But if you say, Would you pray to me? ha Get that buckle Get it up and And you do that, and then you see a picture, and you burst out laughing. It's like, wow, he broke through. First thing he'll show you is how funny you look. You know, running around trying to build this, and it falls, and then you're over here doing this, and you're trying to build it, you think I got it, and you look oh, no, and that. It's like a comedy. It is. It is. a comedy. It is. It makes me so angry. But don't be. Right. But you don't have to be, because that was that was you. That was the only reason it didn't work. Because it was you. But when he works through your hands, see it from his point of view and watch it when it's put together because his hands are working through you, it'll stay put. You don't have to fix anybody. You don't have the power to do it. You can't fix anybody. How are you going to do that? Go out and get them some new skin? Go out and... You know what I, mean? I mean, I know sometimes you like to take a plunger and put it on top of somebody's head and just go and just flush things out. But it's actually not your job to do that. Our assignment is to please the king. By letting him put his goodness in you and fleshing out all the other stuff, that change alone will start to draw the ones, and then you have in him you in him, and he's in you, and you have what he has to say to them. And he, his words enter in and do the work. You don't have to. So the pressure of that, trying to drag this child back in the boat, trying to pull this one out of the tree, trying to do this a minute, you're done. Stop doing that. You're wasting your time. Okay? You could have been sitting in a, on a little hammock or patio chair, lounging with him, letting him tell you what it is he wants to do, giving you his plan, and then you just execute your part, and he'll take care of everything else. It'll be more powerful, this and you'll be transformed because you're going to hear your mind is being renewed. To the fact that I've been living life the way I used to live life, and I don't, but I, but it's not. I don't have the same quality of life that I used to have. Low quality of life. I've got high quality air. I have the breath of God now. Old things have passed away. If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. These are old things. They're dead things. Ever try to prop up a dead body? Of course not. But if he did, what would happen? Would it stand? I'm going to stand this dead guy up on his feet. And as long as you're holding them, they might stand. But as soon as you take your hands off, what happens? They collapse to the ground. You didn't hurt them. But you didn't, you didn't revive them either. Because you were trying to do it in your own strength. If you want to raise the dead, you're going to have to release life. And that doesn't come from your hands. It comes from spirit. Spirit. That's the blood, remember? Cup of obedience. Drinking this is saying, I'm going to obey you regardless of what I think. And then I'm going to change how I think. And he said, what kind of thoughts are you entertaining in your heart? You're entertaining doubt. That's Luke uh, 7, Luke uh, 24. What kind of thoughts are you entertaining in your heart? If the thoughts are not aligned with what you see, stand right now. God is not saying it. Doubt, hurt, whatever it is, all of those things, you know, because people have these big long seminars on this stuff. Okay, cut to the quick. Go to the life source. Breathe life into you. Release life into these areas of darkness. Life will also open up light. Release healing where healing is necessary. Release the will of God everywhere. I'm releasing your will to happen in my body. I release your will to happen in the body of every person that occupies these chairs in this house. I trust you. And I know you know what you're doing. See, that's the part you've got to We have to work on knowing that God does not walk. And knowing that this is the fight of faith, when something comes against you, that his words are really powerful enough to turn it. You pray something over somebody and they get worse. You, you say something over somebody and the sentence seem to be just, you know, so you freak out a little bit. Don't freak. Most keep saying it even when the freak out is happening. Move into his language and let him take over. Yield to him when you feel powerless. So you that know, his power will fill you. Trusting in the Lord. We, we quote Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. But that's what that means. is when you are in your own understanding, you've got to trust in God. And it's like, but how do I trust in you? And I can hear people asking the question over and over again how do I trust in you? Remember, I want you, is what he says, but we have the yes. So it's a choice. I choose to trust you. And that's before I have to read it. I'm choosing to trust you. I'm choosing to trust you. The outcome, I don't know what that's going to be sometimes. Sometimes I do. I can't do anything about that except the when he tells me to do something about it. But so sometimes you can do something about it. But in the moments when you feel I, there's nothing I can do, there's always something you can do. You can always choose to trust God. And to trust that God has faith in his ability. That he trusts his own words. I was in a prayer call the other day. And I heard um, we were praying for somebody and then one of the apostles spoke up and he said, we've done everything we can do. Now our part is to trust that we prayed what he wanted us to pray. I'm paraphrasing this. And that he knows what to do with it. Because you suddenly realize, wait, I've prayed and I've prayed but I don't have anything left to pray. No, you don't. Because I said everything I'm going to say on the subject. So God is not. The words will work. The spirit, they're going to work. They're not going to not going to fall to the ground. They're spirit work. They're not idle work. His work will not fall to the ground. They will not fail in the intent to which it's in I will pray for your healing. For you to realize it. Just in the moment I pray for yourself for next year now now before you get to it before you come to the next tender I pray for you now for what we call tomorrow so when it becomes your today the the, the ram is already in the thicket the words are already in place the prophetic prayer sends the word where it needs to be so that at the time that it is needed, it has already, the remedy is already in place. So that we don't pray, catch up, catching up. I'm not trying to catch up. I'm interested in being ahead. I'm a trend watcher. This is, you know, this is not from the world. This is, not, this is the Spirit of God who sees it all at one time and then grants us the ability to see the end from the beginning so that we will pray from the beginning to the end. He shows you your spouse or your house or your, no mouse. Uh, yeah. He shows you these things. He gives a prophetic word and decrees. This is what the will of the Lord is. And then here you are at ground zero. It's like, it do not look like that. You look like hopeless. But he's spoken hope and he's spoken manifested truth. But where you are in the, in the scheme of things on the, on the calendar, on the timeline, it doesn't look like it. But he gave you the finished picture or the end result. So you know from the onset, that's my destination. And so you speak for words that flush through and remove the hindrances and the obstacles. So when they come, in front of you, it's like, that's not going to do me any good. You are not a part of the picture that I've already seen. You, I know, are a movable object. And I am the immovable force. He gives you the end from the beginning. He decrees and declares, this is what I will do. And you say, yes, Lord, and you can all get all giddy and excited. Because you saw it. You saw somebody rising up from the dead. You saw this. You saw that. You saw the house. You saw whatever it is you saw. And you know that 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 he said it. You've been there. And then you live in life and the times of your life. And it looks like that thing will never happen. And yet he showed you the picture of something that exists. Not something that might be. When God shows you a picture, you ask him, does this thing exist? Yes, it does, but I'm going for it. And then everything else that's in between, the sicknesses, the diseases, the, the, the lies, the wars, whatever it is, it's like, you know what? The things that are seen are temporal. But what God says is eternal. You are a temporary situation and your day is eternal. Because he showed me what belongs to me, and you are going to get out of my way. In the name of Jesus, you're getting out of my way. Do you pray that in that moment? Sure you do, but you prayed it from the beginning when you prayed all the way through to the end. What do I mean by that? When he showed it to you and you went, yay, yeah, yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. now go back to him and say, help me pray all the way through so when we get that finish on the inside of me, not just what I saw. And when it's on the inside of you, baby, nobody's going to take it. Because I already know what I am because he showed me who I am. So you can call me this and you can call me that and go down a little little comedy thing. You can call me anything you want to, but if you're not calling me what he says, it's not me you're talking to. I have the authority to overcome that. I have the power to overcome that. It's in me to overcome that because he did not say that. He showed me. He showed He hasn't shown me who I am. Then let him show you who he is and then you will see who you are. Because you are in this book. Your life, your victories are in this world. Your character is defined in this word. It's not a simple thing. Go to page 27 of your Bible and then flip over to page 1020 and you will find yourself. So somebody might try that and find something there. That's good too. But what I'm saying to you is that it is a time you spend with him. And he'll say, I want to show you this. And suddenly it will pop up off of you. I found things about myself in this word. That I was, I've written them down on my little cards and stuff. It's like, this is me. This is me. This thing right here, I'm not going to show you um, this stuff, is, are things that he gave to me about me. He gave me a description. Not a list. Remember people used to tell you to write the whole marriage? Not be list. I want my spouse to be this and that and that. No, that's a Santa Claus list. You don't write a Santa Claus list. You get the description of the Holy Spirit so that you know what you're looking for. So that you recognize you when you show up. I had to do something with my, um, my daughter. She had been experiencing these bouts of indecision and things about what she needs to finish. And the other day, the Spirit of the Lord just kind of showed a a picture and was like, wait a minute. You know what? You need to give over every place where you have accepted a lie about yourself. That told you that it was okay to quit, and what I mean is, you are not a quitter, and God has shown you through things in your life that you are a fighter, that you are, you know, you you know how to you stand for things, you don't fall for stuff. And in these places in your life where you were allowed to quit because it got too hard, you took that in as a false identity, and it is not you. And she repented, and she went back to God, and I'm here to tell you, it's a different person. It's really hurting but the facade, all we will things that have happened and this has happened and that has happened but that does not stop you from continuing. You still have to finish. you have to finish. you don't quit in the middle. Okay. I'm sure I could come up with a lot more to say and I had some things I wanted to share but I'm going to stop right there. Because that's the word of the Lord's word. You Don't quit. You go back. You press into him. You press into him, woman. you hear me? Because that's really what you like. I've seen you. So that means you're real. You really exist. You're not a figment of somebody's imagination. You really exist. God has a vision, a picture of you. That's a real picture. It's not an imaginary thought. It's the reality of who you are. And you and I are blessed to have this word and to have the ability to hear and to speak. And then we have each other as a team. To work together, to walk alongside, to speak the word one to another, to encourage each other and to shut down darkness and excitement speak through you and shoot in a boat of light. I'll just shoot a bolt of light into you. You know, that's because I Why why are you When I see my fingers, I'm about to shoot a bolt of light into you and I'm gonna get that darkness and to zap it like a bug. Going after this thing, man. That's not you. That's not who you are. I because mean, God showed me. Let's go real country. I think it. <laughs> not bad for a native California, huh? <laughs> I think it. it's too late. I think that I think I think the real. So they always bring somebody around and see you in the spirit as you really are, to call you back, to who you are, and to cut out from you. You've worked together. You've done it for me. You've done it for me. You sure did. This woman straightened me out. I know, a lot of things about you know because it was being down on myself all the time. And she said, that is not me. What is that? She shot a bowl of light in me and And I let it stay. So every time I shoot you with light, it's for a reason. Because I will fight you for you. <laughs> By fighting alongside of you that's what we did. And I think i said everything we have to say. Hallelujah. I was thinking to that. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank hmm. you. Thank you, Father. Any questions? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Mr. Al, will you come up here? I asked him to sing the song. because this song, Amazing Grace, has been, it resonates in me right now. That song and the song, the voice of God, they resonate in me. To me, God's voice is all over the earth. And things that he has said that people didn't think were really true, the manifestation of it, that that, that his presence is being seen.
1: It's
0: being seen. You're a singer. You know what to do. You're a worshiper.
2: Thank Thank you.
0: And I invite the rest of you to worship as well, because I can't stay out of the song. I end up singing with <laughs> call us to do a duet. Come on, brothers. For those that don't know, this is my my big brother Alfred James Walthall, and um, he's also one of the ministers that are here. He is manifesting as a comeback kid, because of a, or a, or a comeback warrior, not a kid. because of all of the different things that have happened. But some of the things I'm going to say you suffered, meaning you allowed it when you weren't supposed to. And I pray that as you sing the song, the grace will break you and put you back together. Thank you. I don't know if you have me. Did I move that step? I might have Okay. Is that better? Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray over the ties in the offering and the uh, offspring and. Jesus. Praise your father, go to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you for these gifts of love. these have and operation. So we bless you, God. We give you praise. We give you all the honor, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to give back a portion of what you've given to us, Father. And we are delighted, Father God, to give it to your kingdom. Because we know, Father God, anything that we give, you give us even more, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you that we can't be it because you are, the, you are the God who gives, Father. You gave us life. You gave us everything that we have, Father. And you're not selfish with your giving. And we thank you that we, Father God, are happy. We are glad to give you back a portion for of what you gave us, Father. We thank you to receive it. We ask you to multiply it and give us more, Father God, to have more to give. And we thank you for the end in the house, Father God. that you called us to do this to complete it, to finish every word that you've given us to do, Father God, we thank you that we are happy, joyful and uh, delighted to be a part of this work in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. He was asking you while we were singing about singing the other way. And I do understand because there is the scripture of part of the song is if there's many dangers for us and snares I have already come. Or oh, we have already come. So grace that brought us faith us God, and grace really has home, And that's the story. Grace is not a thing, person. He's real. He's very, very real. Whatever you have experienced in life, when we use the expression going through, that's a command. Go through. Don't say this. Come out of it. You can. And we release that power of the word of the Lord to you. Amazing grace, How and I know people object, people in Facebook, they don't like being called a wretch. But that's what I was. And they say the wretch, like me. I once was lost, but now I found the blind. But now, because of grace, I see. it. was great. great. Many dangers, I'll go back to that. It was great to top my heart to fear. That's the spirit. And grace, my fears, release. How precious did that grace appear, the power of her strength. Through many dangers, toils and tears I have already come. So the grace that brought us safe and far, and grace will need a hope. Where we've been there, he said, 10,000 years, bright, shining as the sun, we've no less days as the way I learned it. See God's praise is when we first got Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a one like me. Me, me, me. I once was lost, but now I'm fast. Was blind, but now I see. He said, "Grace said to me, I want you." Yeah. And I said yes. You can have me because you have taught me to want you. And I pray that you that have joined us today will receive the grace of God to crush within you everything that is not Him, and to raise you up to His resurrection house, into the life that He has called you to. It is not okay to stay the way you are when the Spirit of the Lord has called you to more. And we challenge you to live that way. And whenever you join us here at Astounding standing level Golden Church Fellowship through more than enough ministries, you join us, the Biblical Solutions for Life. We pledge to you to speak to you the pure, unadulterated word of God that will bring the breaking forces and the power of the kingdom of God to bring you out of old, dry religious places and to come into the landing place to be changed from what you thought that you had to be to be transformed into who he called you to be. That the life of God that comes through the word and through the blood and through the presence and spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ will enter into you and drive out every sickness, every disease, every wrong belief, every disease, thought about yourself and about others. And you will be elevated from a place of blindness and raised up to be able to see clearly through the lens that God has put in your eyes. We pray for you. We bless you. We speak these words to you. Again, we tell you, we choose to stand in the face of everything that is facing us. We will stand in Him. Our faith is not in ourselves, but it is in God and His faith in Himself. And because of His faith, all things are possible. And we bless you with those words and we thank you for this time. I'm Pastor Lundin. We invite you to join us again Tuesday and Wednesday when we have what we have. moving to position maybe. And, um, inviting you to join us uh, during the week for what we have, and then also next Sunday when our Apostle Dr. Baker will be back telling me this message. We thank you so much for joining us, and we bless you. Okay, have a great afternoon. Amen.